As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Greetings welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 football podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. He's Max Olson. Uh, Max, the season is over. We made it. We made it oh, through man. a college football season. Can you believe it? No. No, I can't. I can't. I mean, that you think about all our anxiety and fears and all that, you know, back in, back in July. Right. It's amazing that it actually happened. Yeah, yeah, with with only a few cancellations at least in the Big Twelve, and uh, there's sure. a, there's been a national champion crowned. We got uh, you know a good number of bowl games played. So, great, I mean, all in all, an incre- incredibly successful season, and truly credit to the people who made this happen because uh, I know that it wasn't easy. No, yeah, the the players who sacrificed, the um, staff and and coaches and everybody who had a hand in uh, making this as safe as possible. I mean, kudos to all of them for, for pulling it off. I, I honestly can't believe it. I remember back in the end of the summer, Jason, we were talking about, are we supposed to, is Jason supposed to help out with the thunder? I mean, what, you know, is, what am I, what am <laughs> right. I supposed to do if there's just no season? You know I mean? We, were, we truly had to talk about like, what's plan B to do our jobs. Yeah. So right. it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. We made it. And, uh, Congratulations to uh, to Texas on winning the national championship against Ohio State. Um, I think that was. I know. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Congratulations to Alabama on winning the national championship on Monday night against Ohio State. That was a that was a butt whooping, man. That was that was pretty fun to watch. I thought it would be more of a shootout, more of a 45 40 kind of game, but yeah, um, boy, Bama Bama was not to be messed with this year. Well, and early on, it did look like it might be that. And then quickly, it became apparent that one of these teams is a lot better than everybody else. Um, it's incredible. I mean, I, I know this is a Big 12 podcast, but I just have to say, like, what Alabama has done in the last decade it will may never be replicated again in college football. I mean, it is the one of the greatest runs ever, probably the greatest run ever. Um, just can you imagine being the guy who has to follow up Nick Saban? I mean, really? I know, I know. It's 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 unreal. Um, I don't think that I think we know there's there's really no other program in college football right now that can replace NFL players and replace coaches 
no matter who they are every single year and still be just as good and, and run it the way I, you know, run a NCAA football dynasty where you just win every game, no matter what, no matter who you got, man, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, and it is, you know, you think back to, I've seen people point this out, but you think back to Alabama, Texas at the end of 09 and Greg McElroy throwing for 50 some yards in that game and Julio having 20 receiving yards in that game where we've come now in terms of Alabama being on the cutting edge of offensive football um, and just watching that motion offense just destroy Ohio State last night. It was it was crazy to see that, you know, I joked we never should have let Alabama have RPOs. And, it you know, it because when they can mix run and pass like that, like Sark did, uh, with 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 all that talent, uh, you know, absolutely incredible. Well, and and ten eight ten years ago, Nick Saban was complaining about the pace of play, complaining oh, yeah. about what what uh, Andy Staples, our colleague, had a great column today. I thought about Nick Saban sort of saying his piece, but then then adapting when he realized this is what we want football to be. So so I'll just go get all those guys too. That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> I know. I know it's, it's, uh, it's unreal. Um, and that's just, you know, as usual in this sport, Alabama sets the standard and, and finds a way to raise it even higher. Um, cause I mean, you know, we did this whole exercise in the off season of, you know, who, who had the very best team of the playoff era. And and we kind of unanimously agreed it was 2019 LSU just with, with uh, just the, the, the list of accomplishments, um, the awards, the NFL players, the stats, all that. And um, I think I think Bama just went out and topped it. Unbelievable. If we talk much more about Alabama, though, I'm afraid uh, people are going to turn this podcast off. So that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, oh, uh, today today we wanted to uh, kind of do similar to what we did in the middle of the season, just some postseason awards. Um, we've got a big list of them here. We want to go through. Uh, some fun ones. We didn't get trophies um, made. I wish I wish we'd gotten some trophies made, but you know, it's uh, it's an oversight on our on our on our behalf. We we didn't design them or make them. We didn't even this is, think it through. This is the first year. This is the first year. We'll do it. We'll do it next year. We'll we'll, we'll officially. Get I'm sure, awards. like the first year of the Oscars, they didn't like have the best looking awards. You know, it, it, it takes time. We'll become an institution. Yes, we are the Oscars. Um, right. A big goal football. <laughs> A Big 12 football. Um, Max, some of these are probably going to be pretty obvious, but some of them we may have differing opinions, and I think we should talk those out when we have them. But uh, I don't think we're going to have one on number one. Offensive player of the year. I'm going to let you go first. I'm assuming we're in agreement here. Yeah, uh, you know, let me let me check my notes here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Brees Hall from Iowa State as the offensive player of the year in the Big 12. Um I mean, what can you say? We've said it a bunch on this podcast. Um, I, I believe he finished as the nation's leading rusher. I, be, I believe he did. Um, even if that that's not true, right. I believe yeah. it in my heart. Um, I'm pretty sure he did. And, uh, you know, just amazing to see as a true sophomore. Um, and I've written about it on The Athletic this season. But ever since they they kind of gave him the rock um, and, and let him, you know, get 20 carries in a game. I mean, he's just been the best running back in the Big 12 without question and, and one of the best in the country. And so – yeah. What they did, and, and obviously that offensive line and the improvements there, it's a big piece of it. But uh, he was just absolutely incredible, and he did it again against Oregon. I mean, it's it's uh, the consistency right. from week to week that you pretty much always knew you were going to get 90, 100, or, or well over 100 yards from him. Um, really special, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see we can 
we get to see one more year of Brees Hall. Yeah, it, it's great. And you were right. While you were talking, I looked it up. He is the did finish as the nation's leading rusher with uh, 1,572 yards. Also had 21 touchdowns. Did it in the Fiesta Bowl, like you said, 136 yards and two touchdowns. Um, just a just an incredibly impressive impressive season from Brees Hall. And um, you know, again, just a no brainer. He finished number six six, I believe, in the Heisman uh, voting. The first first guy who wasn't a uh, a finalist. So uh, next year he'll be right back in that conversation, and he should be. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. Um, defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I, I'll uh, I'll start on this one. I'm going with Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma. Interesting. Um, he was not on the first team All Big Twelve. I think that was a mistake. Twelve and a half TFLs, eight sacks. Um, but to me, what sets him apart is is he changed positions in the middle of the season. When Ronnie Perkins came back, Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. was playing a different position, and uh, and continued to produce at a really high level. He'll be back next season. Um, I know there are a lot of good. Uh, options here a lot of good options here because oh my god the big 12 plays defense now but uh i i and and, you know perhaps uh perhaps well this will be perceived as a homer pick but i i like isaiah thomas as the best as the defensive player of the year looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from there. I think um, you go back and look at the All Big Twelve team. I think the Big Twelve coaches um, split their votes for Defensive Player of the Year among like five or six players. I mean, there was, there was not really one consensus guy this year. Um, I think, I think maybe Joseph Osai was maybe the most talented player I saw, and you know had the individual performance against Oklahoma State. You know, one of the best individual performances in, in the entire conference this year. But I, I, I think I would land where the coaches did and say Mike Rose probably had the best season or at least was the most valuable to his squad to, to put up uh, 96 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for loss. He finished with – he added another pick against uh, uh, Oregon to finish with five picks. And, and just the way he runs the middle of that defense, um, I kind of think he was probably the most impactful. Um, and, you know, same as Thomas. I mean, he's back next year. Uh, with his roommates Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, so it's uh, exciting to see what where that dude can go from here. But uh, as a guy that that you know, ever since kind of setting foot on campus has been has proven he's a starter in the Big Twelve from day one. Um, I thought he was really impressive this year. Osai probably the guy that gets drafted higher than any of the ones out there. Um, although we'll see with Trayvon Merrick, but um, I would go with Rose. And uh, I can't really argue with that because Rose is a great pick, had a great season. I got to see him twice this year. Yeah. Uh, ter- terrific player. Terrific player. So, Absolutely. Um, once again, the Big 12 plays defense. Damn it. 
<laughs> it does. Oh yeah, um, I, th- I just saw. Uh, let me cite this the right way. So, so Bill Connolly from ESPN, he he shared the the final data from SP Plus, and and he had uh, the Big Twelve as the third best conference of all the conferences, and and second best when it came to uh, defense played in, in the league. So. Haven't really seen that said about the Big Twelve this year. I, you know, going five and zero in bowls helps and that kind of stuff for earning respect. But these 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 teams play defense this year for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, we have best transfer or newcomer. I'll, I'll let you go first, Max. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go with Xavier Hutchinson. From, from Iowa State, I think he was as good as advertised, you know, finished first team all Big 12, his first year out of JUCO. The other guy I, w- I would really shout out that was, I, I think, kind of would, would share this honor for me was Tony Fields from West Virginia, who, um, you know, did a really difficult thing in relocating from Tucson to Morgantown at the end of the summer and immediately becoming an impact player for them at linebacker. Um, I think every, everybody in the Big 12 and around the country should have tried to sign Tony Fields out of Arizona and, and kudos to West Virginia for uh, getting that done. He was he was also an All Big Twelve player this year and, and he, I thought he was phenomenal. Wh- who do you got? Yeah, I actually wrote down Tony Fields, but Xavier Hutchinson was the other one. I was kind of going back and forth between those two actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I I think I give the nod to Fields for what you just said the, the sort of difficulty of of making the move that he made when he made it. And then being such a great player, um, really, really such a great player for West Virginia. And I'll have more praise for West Virginia uh, as we go further down here because I, I uh, really thought they they had a nice season. And I really wish I could have seen them uh, play if if that Oklahoma game had happened. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. All right, let's go. Best offensive freshman. So this is uh, actually kind of a tough one. Yeah, it is. It is. I land. I ended up landing on Deuce Vaughn because of the impact he had, um, the, the the sort of versatile way he was able to be used in the Kansas State offense, and where I think he'll end up. I think he's going to be a great player for the next few years. Um, Rattler, to me, Spencer Rattler was was a relatively easy choice, and uh, I, I think that that's a perfectly good choice if 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 that's what you picked. But I went with Deuce. But the one thing about Deuce that kind of I don't know if you're comparing Deuce versus Rattler, the way their seasons ended was pretty different. I mean, Deuce kind of fell off a little bit uh, there in the back half of the season, whereas Rattler uh, picked up steam, but I'm going to go with Deuce. Maybe uh, I, I think I just became such a fan of his early in the season that maybe I'm, you know, I'm a little biased. Well, no, I, I think I, I'm going to go Deuce as well. I, I, I kind of figured I, I was thinking about this from the standpoint of true freshman. And so I, I'm taking Deuce Vaughn over, okay. over really over Marvin Mims for me, just for me. Um, just because of the usage, I mean, he finished second in the Big Twelve in total yards with more than 1,200. Um, you know, he was right behind Brees Hall, really in terms of production, in terms of plays of 20, 20 and 30 yards. Um, just big play machine for K State, a guy that after he breaks out against uh, Oklahoma, everybody's trying to figure out a way to stop him, and he still he still had an incredible year. So, um, you know, wrote about him earlier in the season. But obviously, everybody there in, in Manhattan just totally loves his. Uh, his personality, his ability, his hard work. I think he's, uh, I think he's going to stay on track here and be be pretty special for K State. And, and I think Marvin Mims and, and Spencer Rattler were were kind of the runner ups for me in that category. All right, Max. Now we'll go to the defensive freshman, and um, I, you know, I, I went with Hashim Young from Iowa State. 
you you just mentioned that maybe you thought about true freshman here, so I'd be interested to hear what you uh, what you thought on that one. But I, I went with Young. I just think he, I mean, he obviously was a was a really good player for Iowa State this season. But go ahead. Yeah, he did a great job on the back end for them. Um, excited to see. I'd heard really good things about him before the season, and uh, he played up to it for sure. Uh, for me, defensive freshman, I went Kari Coleman from from uh, TCU. Um, Fifteen TFLs as, as a true freshman. I mean, TCU, um, you know, did a great job getting in. That's a three star kid out of New Orleans who was not a not a top twenty five recruit in their state that they uh, flipped away from the Jayhawks. So great, great eval there, and uh, a guy that uh, made an impact uh, right away as a as a as a rusher for TCU, and and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more good things from him in the next couple of years here. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Great choice there. Um, comeback player of the year is interesting because I think it can be interpreted a few different ways. But yep. I'm interested to hear what how, how you interpret. So how, how you're gonna? Yeah, I I think I, I went Jaquan Bailey for this. I think there's a few other guys you could you could throw out there. Um, just he was you know he was excellent this year as 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 hope for Iowa State. 13 TFL, seven sacks. Just a fantastic leader for that defense and that program as they took that next step. So um, really glad he came back for another season for Iowa State after having a redshirt last year. Um, I think if you want to say Perkins or Stevenson, I think that's fair too. It's it's a comeback in kind of a, a different way and more self-inflicted. Yeah. But um, I, I imagine that's that's where you're going with this. I I, I put Ramondre Stevenson, Oklahoma running back. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, it, it is interpreted a little differently, but uh, just – Ramondre Stevenson saved OU season. I I, I, sure. I will always believe that. Um, they could not run the ball very well before he came back. And in six games, he had 665 yards, seven touchdowns. The OU offense completely transformed when he came back. Um, and so uh, to, to me, that that is what I uh, – that's why I ended up going with him. Perkins could have been thought of the same way, um, and, and I think he did have a great impact. But – uh, the difference being, uh, I, I think the OU defense was fine even without Perkins, especially yeah. the defensive front. Uh, OU needed Stevenson, and especially after losing Kennedy Brooks in the preseason. So I went with Ramondre Stevenson, but yeah, it is. I I, I can see how that's a no. Little... It, it makes sense, and I'm I'm really curious. You know, Stevenson going pro, um, and it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, that Stevenson and Perkins, after what they went through, um, would be ready to move on and get paid and all that. Um, really curious to see where he goes and kind of what the outlook is for his career because um, in those those flashes we saw last year and this year, um, man, what a player! <laughs> I think he's he's going to be a handful. I think at the next level because he's just he's just he's just built right. I think he's a good player. So that's who that's uh, I went Bailey, but I get where you're going here. Let's go uh, coach of the year. We you know we had an interesting debate about this when we did the midseason awards. I suppose. Suppose it's kind of straightforward, but you could probably make an argument for it if you want. No, uh, I uh, to me it's Matt Campbell. That's that's what yeah. I'm going with. I mean, yeah. I, I to to lead Iowa State to the greatest season they've ever had, to win the Fiesta Bowl, to come so close to winning the Big Twelve, and and it's not it doesn't look like it's just going to be a one off. I think they're going to be good again next year. So um, I now. I think there are there may be some cases to make, or you know, I I think there's probably a case to be made for Lincoln Riley. But me personally, I always uh, I don't know. It's completely unfair. But when I see Coach of the Year awards go to Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley and Dabo <laughs> Sweeney, 
I'm yeah. like, okay, I know that those things aren't easy to maintain, and I know that they're great coaches for a reason. But I always like it when it's a, you know, it's somebody different. So to me, to me, it's Matt Campbell. You know, and and, and I, I did want to mention so um, so Stu Mandel put out his way too early top twenty five um, this morning uh, to to start the kick the off season off, and what do you know, Oklahoma number two. Iowa State number seven. And, you know, we didn't, like, really twist his arm on that at all. He, he came to that conclusion on his own, but pretty pretty interesting. And then, obviously, you also got Iowa at 11, which is going to make for a pretty damn good Cyhawk in 21. But um, pretty interesting to see you've got two two Big 12 programs here that are going to have, I, I think, a pretty long offseason of, uh, of serious hype. Yeah, and it's going to be so much fun. Uh, maybe, maybe the the Big Twelve gets two teams in the playoff. How about that? Let's uh, let's let's wildly speculate and assign crazy expectations that, while while we're sitting here. It's not really my thing, but we could do it. We, could, we, we sure could. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I would say Matt Campbell, coach of the year. I, I, I think do you, from from the years you've covered, Jason, do you feel like uh, Lincoln's best coaching job was twenty nineteen? Overall, that's kind of still how I feel as much as this year provided all sorts of really uh, insane and unique challenges. I, I kind of felt like the 2019 team, especially with Grinch in year one with Jalen Hurts trying to rebuild an offense around him. I, I feel like that was still his best coaching job. Um, I, I don't know that I agree. I, I, I kind of think this year is his okay. best coaching job because I think you throw in the COVID stuff on top of it, a new quarterback that took a few games to get acclimated and getting this team to bounce back after those back-to-back losses because the mood, what it felt like after those two losses was, oh, this thing could go off the rails. Uh, and, and if they lost the next week to Texas, I think it might have completely gone off the rails. Hmm. Um, so Interesting. That, I, 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 I would say this year, but I think that the argument for last year is still very, very strong. I, I, we're going to come back to that uh, that game in Dallas. I, I have no doubt in in doing this. Um, coordinator of the year, uh, you know who? Now Sark just won uh, the Broyles Award. We can't give this to him because he didn't coach in the Big Twelve this year. But 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 look, if if Texas can take credit for a national championship, why not? Why can't we? Hey, look, this is <laughs> this is how the game works these days. This is how the social media works these days. Um, best coordinator in the Big Twelve in twenty twenty. Or best coaching uh, job I, among coordinators. I think there are a lot of good candidates here, but I I think based on the transformation the last two years, I think it's got to be Alex Grinch. I mean that Oklahoma defense is uh, was statistically one of the best in the country this year, or one of the better in the country this year. And to think how far they've come in two years, and that he did it. Mostly with uh, with Mike Stoops players, players that Mike Stoops recruited. His mm-hmm. guys aren't even really in yet, and uh, and they did that this year. So uh, I think that what Alex Grinch has done is unbelievably impressive. But I'm interested to hear uh, where you went on this one. Yeah, I, I think for me the one that that stands out is is uh, is the staff at West Virginia, and specifically you know Jamila Dye and, and Jordan Leslie running their defense um, this year. I, I think that. As we've mentioned on this pod, um, that was a really, really interesting, challenging situation where their boss got fired in in late July, and you know Neil Brown didn't name one DC. He he you know he put 
the guys on staff in charge of getting this right. And uh, I think Leslie and Adai did, did an awesome job here. They, they finished with the number one scoring D in the Big 12. Um, that's pretty amazing results. And, and they've, you know, we mentioned Tony Fields, but they, they coached up some, some studs at all three levels of that defense um, and, and really had a lot of good answers for um, the offenses in the Big 12. And, and you, 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 as you mentioned, it would have been cool to see them play Oklahoma. Maybe you don't finish with the number one scoring defense if you, if you play Oklahoma. But um, really impressive. And that's what makes this league fun is when new coaches come into the in um, like, like this staff did from Troy and uh, come up with, with new answers for how to slow down um, these, these Big 12 offenses. I thought they did an awesome job considering the circumstances and that, you know, this is – taking over as DC at the end of July when, when you're doing all these online meetings and all this kind of stuff, um, you know, really, really amazing results on, on their part. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Absolutely good choice. Um, all right, we're going to go back to players for just a minute. Best quarterback, Max. Best quarterback. I think overall I'd go with Spencer Rattler. And, and I think how he finished – in Oklahoma's biggest games at the end of the season is really kind of what settled that for me. Um, Oklahoma State game, Big 12 title game, and then the Cotton Bowl against Florida. Here's the combined stats for him. 820 passing yards, 11 total touchdowns, no interceptions, um, 10 yards per attempt, 65% passing. I mean, I, I think he just – he closed out so, so well – after the way things started for him in Big 12 play. Um, and I just think he's the guy that kind of scares you the most when you play against uh, these teams in the conference. I think he's the guy that can do everything and who I, I think is going to be – if he wants to come out, I think he'll be a top five pick next year. I, I honestly, in, in that 22 draft, if if he wants to, I, I think the the just the talent is through the roof there. If you want to look at just conference play, I it, or if you want to look at just the, the sort of – like the accomplishment of what they did for their program. I, you could totally make a case for Brock Purdy if you want to. Uh, I think it is pretty close, but I went with Rattler. What do you think? I went with Rattler too um, because, uh, like you said, I mean, I think you laid it all out pretty well. I mean, the way that he played in their biggest games, uh, two interceptions in the last seven games after mm-hmm. throwing five in the first uh, in the first few, um, really everything changed after he got benched. Kind of the – uh, what I would say is one of the bigger holy shit moments of the whole year. I think we both was, tweeted holy shit. I may have deleted mine, but I think we both <laughs> tweeted that in the moment when it happened. Yeah. I mean, bringing in Tanner Mordecai after Rattler had thrown an interception and fumbled on consecutive drives. Um, and Unreal. then Mordecai finishes out the the half. And then you we, it was like, we really don't know what Riley's going to do in the second half. But he but he goes back to Rattler. Rattler I mean, what, what if that really was strong. Mordecai's team like the rest of the way? The rest of the season, you know, what if, I mean, I don't know. I really don't. Maybe Spencer, and, and, maybe and Spencer it's, Rat- you're talking about a freshman too, right? I mean, he just could have internally when, when, when you make that mistake, those mistakes against Texas like that, if you get benched and, and don't come back, if Lincoln Riley just doesn't have a good feeling about it and doesn't put you back in, like you, you really could kind of, the confidence just could have really tanked from there. So the way that he came back in and played some pretty heroic football there, um, in, in all those overtimes and stuff, I, I, I'm with you, man. It's, it's a, it's a big crossroads moment, I think for this season. And it's, and it's something that just, you don't see very much. I mean, yeah. you know, what Nick Saban pulls hurts at halftime of the national title game. Um, 
what a, I mean, there aren't that but Lincoln many was never sending Baker like to the bench for somebody else to say, hey, get, you know, get right. They've never been in that kind of situation before. You right, know? right. So, and not just that he got benched, but that he came back and, yeah. and played extremely well. So, sure um, so anyway, yeah, to, to me, it's, it's, it's Rattler, but um, if it was a lifetime achievement award, I'd give it to Sam Ellinger. And I do think that Sam Ellinger deserves a lot of credit for the for what he did. I mean, I, I know that they didn't win as much as people thought they should, but I still am a Sam Ellinger fan. I like him. I like his story. I think that he's seems like a hell of a guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wish it had ended better for him. That's gonna get me in a lot of trouble with OU fans, but I but I mean <laughs> it. I really I really wish it had ended better for him. Certainly. And I, I don't want to shortchange Purdy. I, I wrote before the season that he's gonna end up being the best quarterback in school history there he's already there he's he's already passed um past seneca wallace and and the guys that have come before him and, and he's got another year to keep doing it maybe maybe more so um i don't want to shortchange him uh amazing job of leading iowa state to the to the heights that he did yeah no, no doubt about it and i yeah and i failed to mention him but yes brock purdy absolutely deserves a ton of credit it's pretty too. good he 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 had uh especially down the street i thought he played really well so yeah Certainly. All right. What do you think? Best game. This is this one. I'm I'm open to a lot of uh, I'm open to a lot of nominations here. What What do you think? I, I just think anytime there's four overtimes in the Red River game, you know that, that that game was a lot of fun. Now it shouldn't have gone to overtime because the Big Twelve officials. Uh, added 39 seconds to the clock in the fourth quarter. I feel like you've uh, mentioned and, this before. Yeah, you can't, let, you can't let it go, can you? I'm, I'm, hey, we're talking about the game. <laughs> I'm just remembering what happened. But it wasn't just that. I mean, it was a, it was a hell of a comeback by Texas. Um, yeah. I do not understand um, some of the play calling there by, by, uh, by Texas there late. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it was a hell of a game and, and certainly the best game I saw this year. So, um, so I'm going to go with OU Texas, but I, I, I agree. There's other options and I'd love to hear what you got. So we kind of, this is probably down on our, on our part, but we said, we said two categories. We said best, best game and best finish. Um, right. So for me, I think red river was, was probably best finish. Um, it feels, it's funny that game feels like forever ago at this point. Right. Um, I feel like that, that four overtime game is going to be a lot of fun to rewatch over the course of the off season when we're really missing college football. Cause I don't have much memory of it at the moment. Cause it's just season's been such a grind, but I uh, just what a r- ridiculous game with incredible stakes. And, and, and considering how that um, undeniably factors into Tom Herman's eventual demise at, at Texas, it's, it's very, it's a very, very important game. So uh, I, I called that kind of best finish here for this next category for best game. I, I feel like I still go back to the October, Oklahoma at Iowa State game in Ames. Just just the best game I saw. Um, but you know, part two was was compelling as well in in Dallas. And uh, I don't know. There's there was a lot of fun ones this year. It was it was different sitting on the couch for all of them. Um, but it, it, you know, you you can judge because you got to be at them. Kind of how how electric the atmospheres were at these games. But I, I think that game in Ames um, was was pretty fantastic. It was a great game. It, it was absolutely a great game. Um, and at full now capacity for, fi- for, 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 you know, Red River for that game, I, I, I just would have been incredible. 
Oh my god! And that that was the the uh, the bummer about that yeah. is that imagine that stadium with with all the fans there. It would have been it would have been unbelievable. Absolutely. It was unbelievable anyway. Now for best finish, you've already said yours. See, I went Texas Texas Tech for best finish. Ooh, okay. Um, because uh, you know Texas Tech taking the fifteen point lead with about three minutes left on what a seventy five yard touchdown run, mm-hmm. and then somehow Sam Ellinger leading them back to win in overtime. Uh, a comeback that included the best onside kick I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally the best onside kick I've ever seen. So that was, that, that, that was that's a great choice there. I wrote a bunch down for best finish. You've got, um, you got Oklahoma state, Texas in overtime. You've got, um, you know, Texas, Iowa state as well. Um, Texas tech HBU. I mean, let's not forget that one. Um, the, the <laughs> I mean, Texas tech fans would like to forget that one, but uh, that was, that was almost a pretty crazy upset. Big 12 title game. I feel like delivered a pretty strong finish, but, um, yeah, you're right. In terms of like wacky big 12 endings, uh, Texas tech, Texas is, is uh, pretty classic. Yeah, that, that was a big one because remember when, when Texas tech took that 15 point lead, everyone was writing Tom Herman's obit right then. I mean, it was over. I mean, yeah. uh, ev- and everyone was enjoying, uh, you know, mocking Texas and laughing at Texas. And then I'll be damned. They come back and win in, in a really, really incredible uh, comeback. So and then uh, they lost to TCU the next week and they went right back to mocking Tom Herman in Texas. Um, but yeah, you're right. All right, Jason, along those same lines, let's talk about the weirdest game or the weirdest ending uh, that you saw in the Big 12 this season? I think there are some good options for this, um, but I'm going to go back to Baylor and Kansas State, um, a game that Baylor had no business winning. Okay. Um, Kansas State uh, thoroughly dominated the first half. Baylor played the worst first quarter I've ever seen. Uh, and then Charlie Brewer decided to come back and be basically perfect in the second half. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna miss Chuck. My- he, he's a he's a he's a fun player, man. Yeah. Uh, so that was my pick. I I I I went with Baylor K State. Um, I put this category in there because I I I wanted to make sure that we still, despite everything and despite you know all, all, all the positives of this, to me, like you have to say Sun Belt Day was the weirdest weirdest game, the weirdest collection of games here. I love in the it. Big Twelve. I love it. Um, because I, as, as much as this feels like this was six to 12 months ago, um, just that feeling of sitting on your couch, watching Iowa state, Louisiana, and just being like, what the hell is going on? Like, is all like, is all college football going to be like this, this year where you just have these really backwards flipped results. You have these really, you think talented teams, um, just playing like garbage. I mean, I shouldn't say garbage. Just playing a, just a totally uncharacteristic game to open the season like that. And then to see um, Arkansas State, you know, knock off K-State right after that to finish the night watching Coastal Carolina, who we now know had was an incredible team, um, just go up and down the field on Kansas. Um, that, that, and then, of course, like the whole Big 12 rep takes this big hit over the rest of the season because of that. But to watch yes. those games and and have that kind of that first weekend of like one like oh damn why do they even play non conference games and then two like 
is this just what it's going to be, right? Is it just going to be weird-ass results all the time? If I told you when Iowa State lost to Louisiana by 17 at home that they would be ranked number six going into the Big 12 championship game with an outside shot to make the playoff. It's like, no oh, way, you wouldn't right? say on that day, oh, they'll still finish in the top 10 in the final poll. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, are you yeah. kidding me? They'll, of course they're not. Gonna, they're going to win the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. That yeah. team is going to win the Fiesta Bowl. It's amazing. And that's that's part of what makes this sport so so fun and crazy is in the NFL, you know, you lose that first game. It doesn't really matter. You know, there you got everything in front of you still. At a place like Iowa State, like the pressure and the, um, you know, from, from that point forward that, you know, every every loss really, really kills you after that. Um, the way that team flipped things and responded um, under Matt Campbell, just incredible. So weirdest game for me. I'm kind of cheating here, but that's, it's those three games. I love it. And love uh, it. we have to commemorate that because it was truly, truly a bizarre start to this Big 12 season. It really was. I mean, it was uh, that was a day where it probably was a was a holy shit kind of day for for the people in uh, in Irving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Max, let's go most improved team this year. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start that one. Um, you know, I think for me, I would say it's West Virginia going six and four in year two under Neil Brown. Obviously, you know, didn't get to play Oklahoma, as we've mentioned, but um, you know, I think TCU's finish is worth noting. The fact that they won five of the last six, they didn't get to play in their bowl game, but I think that's a nice turnaround after they started one and three this year. Um, I thought TCU got things figured out, but I think just the, the step that West Virginia took, um, I think I thought was pretty impressive. I, I just thought they were a really competitive team in, in Big 12 play uh, most weeks, and uh, you know, I think that's a nice nice positive step for for that program. So I thought they were the most improved from from a year ago. Um, but what do you think? Well, that that's what I was going to say too. Is West Virginia because um, you know when you're West Virginia and you're, you're number one in the league in scoring defense, total defense, passing defense. I mean, like you mentioned earlier uh, when, when you were talking about, we were talking about best coordinator. Um, just an unbelievable job by them. Yeah. I really would have been interested to see how they would have played against Oklahoma. I don't think they would have beat OU, um, but I could have seen them playing them tough. And they were they were the pretty pissed off remember. after that Iowa State loss too. Like I think they would have come. I think they would have come and played a good game. Yeah, yeah, me too. And, and the other thing to remember is at that time the Oklahoma offense wasn't just humming like they were in the Cotton Bowl. No. I mean they yep. they had struggled against Baylor. Um, they would go on to struggle against Iowa State in the Big Twelve title game. So uh, I, I think that could have been an interesting game. I would not, I wouldn't say that I think West Virginia would win, but I think that they would have played that game pretty tight. I do. Yeah, for sure. What. Uh, Another category here, most unpredictable team. This was another carryover from midseason um, that I just put in there because I, I needed to express my exasperation with uh, trying to figure out if TC was good. Um, I guess ultimately the most unpredictable team, I think you probably would say TC or, or Texas Tech, I guess. I mean, where, where do you go with this? Um, you know – I think I went a little bit different than you. Um, I think that both of those are great answers, probably correct answers. I found Baylor to be a very unpredictable team this year. Um, Look at their losses. Okay. They lost by six, 11, 10, seven, one, 13. Those, um, the 13 is OU. They played a lot of close games and then they lost by 38 in the season finale to Oklahoma state, a game I thought they were going to win. Right. Um, Yeah. So, 
they weren't good this year and maybe it's bad to call them unpredictable because it probably was pretty easy by the end of the year to predict that they were going to lose a lot of these games, but they maybe, maybe unpredictable is the wrong. Maybe they were the most confusing team to me because I felt like they could have been better. I thought they could have been a top five team in the big 12 if the pieces all kind of fit together and clearly they didn't. You see, you see that by the coaching changes and staff changes they've made since. Um, But I'm with you on that. Uh, You know, Texas was pretty predictable in their issues, but they did play more close games, six six close games in, in league play more than anybody else. So I feel like you can mention them too. I, I'd also like, I don't know, we didn't do the research. It'd be interesting to go back and look at what team we got wrong most of the time in doing these picks all season long against the spread. Because um, I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure we had some blind spots here, but I think well, TCU, you know Texas I... Tech, Baylor, all, all were kind of tricky to pick over the course of the season. They were, but for me, it unfortunately might be Kansas because remember how many times I picked Kansas yeah. against the spread? Yeah. <laughs> and you just kept on letting me do it. Yeah, why did I do that? That was <laughs> – I can't figure out why I did that in hindsight. Um, <laughs> um, okay, here's another one. The thing – we, we could do this probably for half hour, so we'll keep it quick. The thing we were most wrong about this season. What what uh, what's top of mind for you there? Probably, I I thought a couple of things. I in the I thought Oklahoma State was going to be the number two team in the league and uh, mm-hmm. be a legitimate challenger to OU, and they ended up getting blown out by OU and not making the championship game. And then TCU. I was I was uh, very high on TCU early in the season. People who listen to this podcast might remember that. I thought they were two or three games in the season. I was picking them to go to the Big 12 championship game, and um, we saw how that ended up. So <laughs> right. that, yeah. probably that, probably probably TCU for me. That's fair. Um, I think for me, uh, it's pretty simple. I can keep it to a sentence here. I thought 24 to $25 million made Tom Herman uh, pretty much unfireable this year. Unless they had a losing season, that's that's how. So I thought, you know, the economy of college football works. I was wrong. I forgot that, um, you know, when you go when you go seven and three and finish in the top twenty, people still could definitely pass the hat around and find, uh, you know, twenty four to twenty five million dollars in their uh, their Texas sized uh, sofa cushions and you know make the head coach go away. So. Bad job on my part uh, to uh, not realize that no matter how many games Texas won, they could still just go ahead and make a coaching change. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one because I think I we all wrong about thought he – Well, and I think everybody after the statement uh, from Chris Delcani, I think everybody thought that that he was going to be safe. So it was uh, – that was surprising. Yeah. That was surprising. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, – that's college football for you, my man. Um, so I was I was wrong on that, um, and just thinking that it would take, just I figured it would take a three and seven season for them to make Tom Herman go away, but seven and three works too. So that, and then especially also, in especially during a global pandemic, during global pandemics, as as we have we experienced this year. Uh, the other one is I didn't stick with my gut. I can I can admit this. I can own this. I didn't stick with my gut and pick Iowa State number two in the, in the big 12 in the preseason. I picked them fourth in my, the one I sent in, but I knew they could be this good. I just didn't, I just, I just didn't totally go with it. So follow your hearts next time, Jason. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, go clones.
<laughs> um, okay, here's a here's a fun category because I didn't want to feel I didn't want anyone to feel excluded. Okay, uh, I believe we also did this at midseason. Best Kansas performance. My up. Am I, yeah. am, I, am I taking this one first? Yeah. I mean, I think the easy thing to do would be to, uh, you know, pick their season finale where they only lost by three to Texas Tech. Sure. Um, they lost by 15 to Coastal Carolina, as you mentioned earlier. But you know what I'll say? Finishing, losing only by 15 to a team that ended up being pretty damn good and not losing until the end of the year. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say Coastal Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say the Texas Tech game. But in hindsight, that is that is a, a respectable final score there against a team that, uh, you know, could have won a national title if they were given a chance to, to go to the playoff, you know? Well, I yeah, said, by the way, can we – can we? they wouldn't have won, but can we just say Cincinnati <laughs> got all the attention of the group of fives, but I always thought Coastal Carolina deserved – to be in that conversation way more than they were. And, oh, and and I would say this is not an award for this deal, but to me, game of the year is uh, as great as um, I, you could go in all sorts of directions. To me, game of the year was still BYU Coastal. That was that was my favorite game I watched all year. And not just because of the way the game played out, because it was thrown together at the last minute. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just un- unbelievable. The best. Unbelievable. The best. Big 12, expand and add Coastal. You know, do it, you cowards. And BYU. And BYU. Add them well, both. Make it a okay. rivalry. Make it a rivalry. Sure. Yeah. And then we'll create a trophy <laughs> and everything. A conflict trophy. <laughs> I'd love it. Um. Okay. Uh. What do we have left here? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Max, this is your category. I'm going to let you take it. The COVID Endurance Award. COVID Endurance Award. Um, couple couple teams. I just wanted to mention, and, and, you know, not forgetting all the off-field, uh, you know, challenges that came with, with pulling the season off. I wanted to shout out Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas State. Um, Iowa State, uh, Jamie Pollard told me this before they played in the Big 12 title game. Iowa State conducted more than 11,000 tests in their athletic department, only 64 student athletes in their entire athletics program tested positive year tested positive this year. That's that's incredible. That's an incredible feat to I you know, a, a lot of people had a lot of positives and and that's that's to be, you know, that's understandable, but impressive job by them. Iowa State played out their full schedule with no cancellations. K-State completed their season uh, their their season as scheduled even though they had a lot of close calls this year in terms of games being postponed. And then West Virginia only had the OU cancellation, and uh, and that wasn't their fault. So uh, shout out to mm-hmm. those programs for uh, for getting through this and, uh, you know, making it work. It's not – and for Kansas State especially, um, and I think if I was going to give it to one team, I think I might give it to them. They beat OU in Norman during one of those games. Oh, yeah. That missing they didn't missing have, lots of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so incredibly impressive, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to cheat here and I'm going to say everybody gets the COVID endurance award. The fact that we, any, that we made it through a full season, even with a few cancellations to me, uh, I I would recognize everybody, but I'm with you on the, on the specifics. Yeah. I I have a category here. I I forgot to put on the list, but I'm going to throw this out there, Jason. Um, okay. Best road trip. What, what, What was your best road trip of the season? My best road trip of the season. It wasn't Texas Tech uh, because I got pulled over on the way there. You did. Um, That's right. So I'll 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 skip that one. 
uh, small town Texas cops are not very nice sometimes. <laughs> and I'll just leave, I'll just leave, just it, leave at it at that. that. Yeah. Um, I always love going to Iowa State. Uh, I, I think Ames is a cool city. Not like I really got to do much in Ames this year. Um, I pretty much spent most of my time uh, on the road in hotel rooms. But I did get to eat Fong's Pizza, which is uh, for people in Iowa are going to know what I'm talking about. But I don't know about everybody else. Chinese pizza, it sounds weird, like sweet and sour pizza, General So's pizza. It's incredible. I love the sound of it. And I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm disappointed I've never had this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to go. The next time you're over there, and I know you will be before yeah. too long, Yeah. Fong's Pizza. Fong's Pizza, to me, elevates Iowa State above everything else. Okay. Um, All right. So I, I'm going to say Iowa State. That's a good pick. I, I just wanted to share this real quick. So – for me, best road trip was the only road trip I took since since March, and that was I went uh, down to, to Kansas State for one day for this Deuce Vaughn profile, and um, this was so this is my only trip I took, and um, it's it is my the best trip I the best road trip I had with with one caveat, and that is that I went and we did this with masks on and distancing and everything as safe as we possibly could. I think I interacted with like five people. Period in my visit to K-State, drive home. And the next day I get a text that uh, I was exposed to COVID. So um, that was a, a nice, and I didn't get COVID, um, thankfully. And uh, the person that that uh, I was exposed to, I, I, you know, is doing fine. So no worries there. But that was a nice just warning from the universe of, hey, don't go out on the road. Don't be stupid. And uh, that was the uh, that was the only, only trip I took. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you're very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry to everyone that's, I, and I'm not trying to make light of this. Like I, 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 I you know, everyone that's had to deal with this this year, um, and, and I know it's how it's affected a lot of people and their families. Um, it's it's a scary deal. It's a scary deal. And I've got, you know, a pregnant wife here, and so we're trying to lay low and be safe and stuff. So it was just it was hard to hard to leave the house this year. So um, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy deal. Hopefully, hopefully we can get back to well, doing that in a safe way here. Um, for, for this next season. And I, you know, I, I, I want to say too, on kind of in a similar vein, I guess I, I was really impressed with press boxes this year with, yeah. um, you know, the, the press boxes I was in and I was in a bunch of them. I, I never felt unsafe in press boxes. And I, and I really, that's not something probably most of our listeners think about, or maybe even give a shit about, but the, but the, the, the way that they kept the press boxes where you didn't feel unsafe, they kept everybody pretty much distanced. Uh, masks were required. And if you weren't wearing them, uh, I'll even call myself out at the big 12 championship game. Uh, I was eating and then I sort of forgot to pull it back up and I was watching the game. And I mean, I got a security guard coming down, tap me on the shoulder, <laughs> put it on. So Good. Um, Good. I, 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 I just, I feel obligated to say like the people who made those press boxes as safe as they were, we, I, I think that we owe them uh, a good deal. of credit. No, that, it's, it's a great point. We, you know, uh, really our, our appreciation to everybody um, who helped make, you know, covering this, this football season possible. It was different to move everything to, uh, to zooms and no in-person interviews and stuff like that. And um, you know, post games uh, you know, from, from the press box and all that, but appreciate everybody who, let us do our jobs and, 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 and made this possible and made this as, as safe as we, as we could have to keep going. It, it was, uh, uh, just an incredibly, uh, you know, stressful, challenging, um, just 
unique year and I'm glad we I'm glad it's over, man. And finally, Max, uh, I guess we have to talk about picks. Yeah, it's time to anoint the uh, the champion of our, our weekly Big 12 uh, uh, against the spread uh, picks pool. Who uh, whoever that was, let's uh, it let's, let's see. It who... wasn't me. Here's the final tally. So we we picked the bowl games. Um, Jason, you went three and two. Uh, you were right about Oklahoma State. Um, and West Virginia and Iowa State, uh, good picks on those. We both kind of messed up on the Cotton Bowl because that line just totally flipped to to Oklahoma minus three after um, all those players were ruled out. So at the time we taped it, I think Florida was like a two and a half, three point favorite. So <laughs> right. bad job by us. But um, so we both got that game wrong. Um, I I also went three and two uh, with with correct picks on Oklahoma State, Texas, and West Virginia. So. Uh, Jason, where's that leave us? I, you're going to make me read it. Is that sure what we're am. doing here? All right. That's fine. Uh, Max finishes 28 and 24. I finished the inverse 24 and 28. And let's go ahead and be completely fully transparent here. We counted the big 12 championship game for three, right? So I really went 28 we, and 22. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I really went whatever. So, um, <laughs> so it was not a good. It was not a great year. I really, really hope that no one out there uh, put money on these games based on anything that I said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, feel, you know, and Jason, I feel since kind of bad about that, since he finished under five hundred, um, you know, now I have to find, you know, a new co-host for next season. These these are the rules. I mean, this is just <laughs> this is how it works. You know, I think you've you've lost the public's trust here. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? Tough but fair. Tough. But I'll, I've fair. been relegated. Been, I've been relegated. You've been relegated. You can do a uh, a group of five pod with Chris Vanini, and then maybe if you get those picks uh, picks right next year, we'll we'll call you right back up to the 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 P five big leagues here. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. No, it was great, man. We, I hope, like you said, hopefully nobody actually uh, you know bet their hard hard earned money on our picks, but you know, hopefully we'll do a lot better next year. Yeah. And if you did, uh, I'm not going to be, if you, if you, if you, you know, actually bet money on our picks, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Um, you're welcome to, uh, to yell at us or praise us or whatever you need to do. Please vent away about how we, uh, either made you money or, or misled you. Um, we're, we're either, uh, very sorry or, or not sorry. I mean, there's no way anybody bet on my picks and is happy. So, if anybody made it to the end of these podcasts and, and took listen to our picks, like, thank you, <laughs> we appreciate. Oh no, 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 we're appreciative. I just, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna feel bad if someone did that based on what I did. But so if you um, if you if you followed all of my picks or you you shorted Jason and picked against all of his picks, you got the same outcome. So, I mean, I think true. I think we told you that that strategy could work. So. You're welcome. Well, regardless of whether you bet on our picks or not, we really do appreciate you listening to this show Absolutely. throughout the season. We've had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, and, and we are really appreciative, and we're going to continue to work to, to, to make it better. But if you haven't already, please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating, and find our stories on The Athletic. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash one true pod. 
You don't just get the best college football coverage, you get all of our sports coverage. So be sure to take advantage of that. And we'll be back next week. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.